Once a lifetime ago, a girl, barely 10 years old, started an ambitious project to write a newsletter for her neighborhood. Never mind that the neighborhood had barely five other homes and lots of coffee bushes. The heart of this story is that a love affair had made itself known at such a young age. And many years and storms later, that young girl, now a woman, has come full circle in many ways. Many years ago, I shared my desire to quit the radio newsroom to one of the managers at the place I was working, and his words have never left me. He said, go, grow up, get some life experience, so that when you get behind the mic next time, you will have something of substance to say, backed by rich life experiences. Well, my name is Mutindi Musimba, and this is Coffee and Conversations with Tindi. This is my second attempt at podcasting, and it really is about engaging amazing people in their spaces who are actively getting over themselves one day at a time to do better for the next generation. These are people like you and me. No celebrity status. Well, okay, we'll talk about that later, but that can be relative. But the point is, it's about real people doing them one day at a time for a better tomorrow. This podcast will be found on my platform, The Oak Project, of which details will come out as we go along, but you'll be seeing more of that in the near future. The Oak Project is a celebration of a life I never thought I would ever have, an ode to the arduous process of being deliberate about healing my body, my mind, and my soul, with words both spoken and written that have been cast into a seemingly uncertain future. But those words today are turning around and getting life and and, and forming a hand that's extending out to you, that you may begin to see your world in a different way, a way in which you have the ability and power to do better for yourself and those that come after you. Now, Dr. Wale Akinyemi, whose videos I have been watching recently, often says that poverty is a state of mind. I reckon that oppression is also a state of mind. And once our minds open up to the possibilities that hide in plain sight, then anything is possible. The Oak Project is about stories of this generation finding their rhythm, their world of possibilities, even in unlikely situations. The Oak Project is about reflections on today's world with an eye to tomorrow's world that stir you to action in your spaces. The Oak Project is about being deliberate, about calling out the cycles of brokenness that have held us back and rebuilding our sense of self and our agency to do better, not just for ourselves, but for those that come after us. And to start us off, I had a rather surprising conversation with my mother, Joyce Ndunda, who has been a teacher, a communications person, an administrator for the longest, and is now getting her feet wet with counseling psychology. Listen in, see how a story between generation emerges through time. Listen to her tell you of the daughter that she knew. I don't think there's any better introduction to coffee and conversations with Tindy than to begin to know Tindy through the eyes of her mother. Um, it's an amazing... It, it, It was such a surprise. So I hope you will enjoy the conversation as much as we did. It just kept unfolding like 
I don't even know. You know, that's the way a waterfall can go and you think, whoosh, that's a big wave. And then just when you're trying to figure out, huh, another big wave comes. Anywho, listen in, enjoy, and welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Tindy on the Oak Project. this little girl I mean, she's a girl who loved just loved and laughed a lot and this girl she was about maybe 12 years or so 12 between 12 and 10 years and she loved the neighborhood actually when a new neighbor came because we were the first one to live in that neighborhood when the new neighbor came Tindy wrote letters you can imagine letters written by a 10 year old girl to take to our neighbors and tell them that they are welcome into the neighborhood. So there was this neighbor, they, they, were, they were a Muzungu couple, we called them Muzungu Baptists. Then there was a Muhindi next to us, and there was another family. And Tindi wrote letters to all of them as they came into the neighborhood, welcoming them. Then one time she actually baked a cake <laughs> and took to the Muzungu neighbors. Now, what am I saying? That this girl has loved people for a long time. And she has loved collecting stories because at around that time when she was creating a neighborhood network, she thought of writing a newspaper. Now, I have no idea what she thought of a newspaper. Those were the times when computers were not very common. Mm. So this girl used to write little pieces of paper to say what she saw in school. And eventually she said, now we have a neighborhood enough for her to start a newspaper. Mm. But somehow before the newspaper story began, I think they were sent off to boarding, boarding school. Yeah. But even in boarding school, when they came on holiday, this girl used to love writing poetry. And I'll never forget one time she wrote a poem. can't quite remember the content. But she came, we had family in the sitting room. We had somebody called Loki and his sister, Margaret. And we were all seated by the fireplace. In the evening, mm. the, you know, the room was dark, but the fire was on. And Tindy just put on enough light for her to read the poem. And we were so amazed that she stood by the fire with her back on the fire and us listening to her read her own poems. It was very exciting. And from that time on, this little girl really became like a creative writer in her own way. But the biggest challenge was reading books. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Because I started buying my kids' books. Cindy, we would buy a book at the sex book center. By the time we're in Thika, the book is read and finished. I couldn't cope with buying Cindy books. So somehow she came, she came up with her own way of getting books because Tindy could read and I think she read nearly all the books that were for her age. In the home library, and the home library has many, many books, mm. but this girl read all the books until she found her own niche. She started heaping up books and heaping up books and reading heavy topical books. She started reading like Harvest of Bones. Mm. By Dante Cart. Yes, I love that. What's this you know? lady? The lady who passed on. Maya Angelou. Maya Angelou. Yes. That was a very Maya. significant. Um, yes. Like, I think Maya Angelou and Edwidge Dante Cart has have really formed my idea of storytelling. Then you also moved into the other books that I don't know now, the fantastic books and poems by Langston Hughes. So this girl basically read all the books in the home library and finished. And now I let her go. I don't even know her world, but she swam so far, I can't catch up with her. 
Yeah, that's what I know about her. <laughs> wow, mom, thank you. This is such an impromptu situation, <laughs> but I'm so thankful that you've just shared and painted a picture of where this is coming from. So I'm not so sure where it's going, but surely after all these years, it's time that all these stories come together. What What I didn't tell you, Tindy, you have just yeah. made me remember. I think I was a little like you when I was young. Too. I know you are like me. Because by the time I was in Standard 5, I had actually read all the novels there was in the primary school library. And you wrote a lot. And the library was a cupboard. And I wrote a lot. <laughs> you wrote a lot of poems. Yeah, poems. Not... I used to like writing when I'm in the bus. Yes. Because then I would see the trees <laughs> run away. I used to be inspired when I see running water, I would write a lot. So girl, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. So I'm just taking it to the digital age. One of the poems that I'll never forget writing is when I was graduating for the first time. And I was coming to, I think, to pick my graduation gown or something in the Mm. bus. And it was one of my saddest days and I wrote a very sad poem. I hope I can retrieve it from somewhere. Because Mm. to me, we had just uh, finished college. Mm -hmm. And everybody expected a graduate to, to be big and to have a very fantastic life. Mm-hmm. But you, you leave college, your salary is so little, mm-hmm. so much is expected of you. Life is not fantastic. So as I came to graduate and was picking a black gown, mm-hmm. to me, that black gown was a mourning gown. So many people in this generation think that your generation had it easy, but it was still a struggle, a different one. With us, we used to be given what was called boom. Mm. That is, you are given pocket money by the government mm. to go to school. Mm. But your parents are not supporting you. In fact, when you go home, you are seen like, hey, this is a university person, watch a letter to carry, watch a lipem to a car, watch a fanyanini. Then when they graduate, they should have a car, they should have, they should have. Mm. Then you graduate, you have nowhere to start. You it's have a nothing. circle of expectations that you're yes. racing to fill. Exactly, exactly. Mm. And your salary is 1,000, I don't know 1,000 what. Mm. You can't even afford fare. You can't afford so much. What is this graduating? Graduating from what? Mm. Graduating from happiness in college to visible poverty. It was a morning time for me. I don't know what followed. What followed is that you started a path after which your daughter has somewhat tried without wanting to follow it, but she finds herself going in my mother's footsteps, you know. I remember your days... In your career when you were doing communications and PR and you're handling a really, really big annual event. And we were part of that. We were in that completely and I was privileged to watch you do it. And in my working life, I've been trying to run away from PR and communications because I'm like, I've got to be different from my mother. I've got to do something different. You know, I have my own path to forge. But in forging my own path, I'm going right back where... In the <laughs> communication... <laughs> Working with people. Oh, wow. <laughs> Communication working with people has been part of your life. Through and Like through. you said, throughout uh, the early part of my career, the invest when I was doing PR. Yeah. You used to be part of me everywhere. We were there. During the culture week, during the graduation events. Yes. Arranging TV events. Yes. And all that. I did that with my children. And you allowed us to help you. I remember collating papers and documents. <laughs> And and ushering and ushering and ushering during big event where Moy was coming, the president was coming, and my children are ushering and sitting behind the president. You know. (laughs) So I I feel like I'm coming back to my true self after a journey of really just finding. I think so. Everybody in their lives, I think everyone has the right to get lost so that you can find yourself. Because before you get lost, you've been told go this way. So you've believed go this way, and if you're asked why. 
you're told because I've told you go this way. But after you get lost and you hurt, you get hurt a little bit here and you get broken a little bit there and you sit down in a corner and you come back to yourself and you make a conscious decision. This is the way I'm going. Then it's that more richer because you've carried the process of coming to yourself in it. So I feel like this, I feel like there's a second phase of my career that's beginning now. <laughs> get into it, girl, get into it. And one thing I'd like to encourage you. Yeah. Is when you feel like being crazy, go ahead and be crazy. There's nothing sweeter than being crazy. When, you know, really, <laughs> when you feel like running in the rain, don't worry who's looking at you. Run in that rain and just feel good. Feel good in being an artist, in interacting with nature. Yeah. Feel good, girl. Yeah. And when you lie on that couch, if you're alone and you feel like falling off yeah. the couch, fall and roll on the floor. Why not? <laughs> It will make you dream. Exactly. It makes you dream. It will so. make you dream. Hey. And those dreams create a good world for you. Even yeah. if it's a capsule, sometimes we need capsules to survive. We do need capsules to survive. Mm -hmm. So thank you, mom, for being the opener for a project, which for me, it's really a passion project. And if God wills it, I hope that people who listen to this conversation and other conversations that will be on this platform can pick something and have the courage to, to be themselves, to go out into the world as their true and authentic selves, and also have the freedom to make mistakes and come back to themselves again. We really just need that authenticity in our world today. Um, we need to go back to basics. We need to be authentic with ourselves. Absolutely. Um, because our children depend on it. Our children depend on us standing in the gap and making tomorrow's world a little bit better. Authenticity, Tindy, frees you. Absolutely. It frees you because you don't have anything to hide because yourself all the time. So you don't have to remember who I was yesterday so that you can fit in today. Because you're yourself. Mm -hmm. So go, go for it, girl. You have my blessing. Mm -hmm. you, you have my blessing. Go for it. Be yourself. Thank you. Just be yourself. Thank you. And especially in this world where everyone now is coming out and confessing that they've had issues with their mental health. And it's so funny, there's such an extremity of expressions of this. They're, on one end, people are becoming open and more accepting of the idea that depression and suicide is a thing that we live with. And on the other side of the extreme, there are people who are like, as long as it doesn't touch me, we will celebrate the freedom of other people to speak. But when it touches them... They hide because they inside wear of them, masks. Yes, I mean, the stigma is still that they have stigma against themselves, you know. And I also celebrate you because, again, I was privileged. I like telling my friends that I have a master's degree in psychology <laughs> without actually having the degree because I went to class with you. And I think, I don't know. You, you have gone to all my classes. All, most of I think all your classes. Including corporate governors. <laughs> <laughs> you attended all my classes well, I have degrees I don't have papers you know so when I have all this knowledge it's because I sat with my mother in spaces that uh, my mother qualified me to get into while I was healing in those days after college after you took care of me and you fought for me and you fought for me to live and live a healthy life I think my true healing started maybe when I got my son and I realized hey Tindy yeah you cannot slip back into those cycles of depression and started actively fighting for my space to get better, mm -hmm. you know? <clears throat> but one of the things I keep saying in my mind is, look, mom went and got a whole master's degree so that other people do not have to suffer 
going through this blind the way she did with me. And me, I went through that phase of depression and I've come out of it and I'm like, you know, I don't want other people to suffer not knowing that you can get out. There is a light at the end of the tunnel and the light is bright. Another thing that I really admire about you, mom, is that you've always opened the table for us to reconcile, for us to speak our hearts, even if there are very ugly things in our hearts. You open the table for us. And I hope to do the same for my children and for others. Like, open the table. Like, let's just put it on the table. Yeah, the other thing I'd like to encourage you, Tindy, and I'm not telling you, I'm only encouraging you because you're already doing it and doing it very well, mm. is to expose your children. Mm. Expose them to things that they enjoy. Mm. Because, again, if you remember in your childhood, I used to take you to theater. Mm. I used to take you to live art. Mm. I used to take you to dance schools. When you tell me there's a dance class going somewhere else, I would take you there, mm. you know. I think I exposed you to a lot of art, to drives in the countryside. <laughs> oh, that one, that, that's a bug that has stuck. <laughs> to drive in the countryside, to see nothing. That's a bug that has stuck. To see a river. <laughs> To see where this road goes. To ooh and ah of our valley. <laughs> to stop and look at that squirrel crossing the road. <laughs> or the sunset. I'll never forget there was a drive we had. And we kept talking to the moon. Like, look at you. Why are you so mysterious? Yes, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> what veil are you trying to? <laughs> so I commend you, T. I commend you, T. For you are exposing your children the same way. Yeah. Keep it up. Keep it up. Because it pays later. You have memories and you also discover your own talents and likes and dislikes. So thank you very much for appreciating what we have done. Thank you. Our journey. Thank you. And here's a new phase. There you have it, a warm and open introduction of where my story is coming from, from my mother, Joyce Njoki Ndunda. I hope in time to have her back on the table, sharing insights and nuggets from her life, our life and experiences. Thank you for listening and welcome on board for the journey. See you next time.